you're live. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. This is Paranormal Connections Radio Show. I'm your host, Christina George. For the next two hours, we have some great topics. Uh, tonight, I am going to be starting out uh, giving all of the listeners an update on the precog dreams. Uh, many have been following my private page as well as uh, the Paranormal Connections page, where I've the last few weeks I've been giving updates about the hurricanes, earthquakes, volcanoes, anything you could possibly think of. So I'm going to give an update on that. And then um, during that time, I'm going to be joined by my uh, guest for the first hour and a half, which is Vanessa Howell. She's actually a paranormal investigator, psychic medium, author, and radio show host. She's going to be joining us tonight uh, to talk everything paranormal. So she's going to uh, join in on the conversation. And then the last half hour of the show, we are going to be joined by... Two of the McCamey, I want to say ex-McCamey Manor uh, actors for The Extreme Haunt. Uh, as many people know, I cover that for many years and uh, everybody kind of had a falling out. So the actors have went and started their own Extreme Haunt. It's Catharsis Horror and they are ready to open up for the haunt season. So they're going to be joining us. They're going to be talking about their new haunt. Uh, all of the interesting things that are going to be involved with it to keep people interested. Uh, and we'll be asking them the tough questions. Uh, you know, is this going to be another McCamey Manor torture fest or will this be different? Will there be a safe word? Uh, I've got plenty of questions from people wanting to know these kind of uh, answers. And we are going to ask Nick and Andrew tonight. So, again, we've got a great show. Looking forward to it. Sorry we're a little late uh, starting. I just got home, so uh, we will jam-pack all kinds of interesting information into the show. So, thanks for uh, sticking around and uh, waiting for us to get started, and we are going to get going now. Uh, Vanessa, are you there? I am. Thank you so Hello. much for joining me. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on. Oh, of course. It's my pleasure. I mean, again, I always love to have my my friends and other people in the paranormal and other radio show hosts on the show. You know, it's all about working together and promoting each other. And again, you, you know, a very interesting, you know, you have a very interesting life, just like I do. Uh, and you know, traveling, doing cases, just so many different things. So I appreciate you joining and, and hanging out with me tonight. Right back at you, darling. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm sure because I know you follow my page pretty closely. Mm -hmm. and uh, You know, it, it's crazy with all these precog dreams. Now, I, I've always, you know, talked about them here and there. A lot of people just give me so much flack because they hear this stuff and they immediately get scared or they feel, call me a fear monger or that, you know, this isn't real information and I'm just scaring people for no reason. It, all this crazy stuff. But I will tell you, after Hurricane Harvey, things really changed my mind there. Because uh, I actually announced Harvey hitting the Houston area about three weeks prior to it even being talked about. And uh, the, once it actually showed up uh, and they it was headed uh, for Texas, I had told, you know, all of my friends, uh, listeners, uh, friends of their friends, you know, get the message out that if you lived in the Houston area, you, they needed to get out. And I have to say, so many people actually listened and got away, you know, got out of that storm. Uh, and it was amazing. I had some people who kind of questioned because they didn't live in a, you know, flood zone. 
Uh, and they said, should we still go? And I said, yes. And they listened. And thank goodness they did, because we saw the kind of flooding and destruction that, you know, happened with Hurricane Harvey. And I had told people, you know, don't get too, you know, uh, comfortable yet, because there's another one coming. And then uh-huh. we found out about Hurricane Irma. And of course, I absolutely originally saw this hitting um, Florida and going up the East Coast all the way to uh, New York. But again, just like the weather, my precogs change. And so I continued seeing it hitting Florida and really basically covering the whole uh, area. And I started putting that information out. Again, a lot of people left. Some people didn't. Uh, Thankfully, there hasn't been a lot of you know, loss of lives, although there has has been a lot of, you know, flooding and people losing personal property. But as I've said so many times, you know, things can be replaced. Your life and your family cannot. So I was was glad that that happened. I also was uh, did a live stream and was talking about that I was expecting within the next three to five days and a huge earthquake. I mean, a, a big one uh, between uh-huh. somewhere between uh Washington State and all the way up to Mexico. And of course, as we all know, now is international news and 8.1 hit Mexico. The reason uh-huh. I'm talking about this tonight is I want to put another warning out. Oh, and the other place was for Japan and Japan got hit by like a 6.1 the same day. Uh, and then we got hit by the solar and it was caused by the solar flare. What I do want okay. to put a, you know, a big warning out right now is what I am seeing now is another big earthquake. Uh, And this is gonna be, again, we're about to get hit with some more solar flares. And uh, because of the 8.1 in Mexico, I am being shown that the Los Angeles area is going to be hit by an earthquake. And this is gonna be anywhere between five and an eight. Uh, So again, it could be anywhere in that buffer, as well as Japan. I feel like Japan's probably going to get hit by the the higher of the magnitudes uh, than Los Angeles. But I see this half striking not off the coast like all the other ones. This is going to strike underneath on the fault line underneath Los Angeles. So, again, I see it affecting all of Los Angeles all the way up to, you know, the Baja coast. Uh, So, If you are in that area, I do not want to scare you. We have to remember, we live in California, earthquake land. So it's just like if you live where there's hurricanes, tornadoes, whatever, you should always have a preparedness plan. And so many people think they do, but they really don't. They think that, you know, if an earthquake hits, it's going to hit at night when all of the family is together and you're all safe together and you can you know, uh, head out or whatever you need to do if uh, if it hits strikes. But again, we all know that an earthquake is unpredictable and it can hit at any time. So I always ask people, okay, so if it hits during the day and, you know, your husband's at work and you're at work and your kids are at school, you're the schools, you know, do you know the school's plan for where they're going to take the children? Uh, do you have a plan on where everybody's going to meet or how you're all going to get back together? Uh, and people look at me like I'm crazy as if that's like they never even thought about that. So I always tell people you need to have a plan A, a plan B, and even a plan C. You need to know the routes out of town because of course if if something major happens, everybody's going to try to get out of there, so it's not you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to just be stuck on the freeway. Uh, it tra- traffic there already is horrible, so just imagine if you got people trying to evacuate out of there. So know the Absolutely. back roads, 
to get out, uh, things like that. I absolutely 100% hope that I am wrong on this one. And please believe I am not to, I do not have any kind of ego. So if I am wrong, you know, that's a good thing. It's absolutely a good thing. I, I hate that these things are so accurate and I wouldn't even put out this warning if I really did not feel that it is going to be imminent that this is going to happen within the next few days. I had said a week, uh, we're like in the second or third day. So again, if it's gonna happen, I would say it's gonna happen within the next three to four days. So again, if you live in around that area, if you've got family or friends that live in and around that area, please make sure that they are prepared. And I've told a lot of people out there, uh, go and purchase you a solar uh, charger for your phone, your laptop, things like that. Usually you won't lose cell service. You'll probably, and even if you lose cell service, uh, they have mobile units, so it usually gets up pretty pretty quickly because everybody needs to to be able to interact uh, on the on the phone. So uh, again, have water, have things, supplies. But again, you might not be able to get you might not be at your house, and you may not be able to get back to your house. So there's always you need to have a plan B, uh, maybe another location where you've uh, got supplies or a meetup place where you can go and stay with somebody else and, you know, take supplies over there. But again, you, you need to have multiple plans. I mean, what, what has your thoughts been, Vanessa, on, you know, everything that I've been, you know, uh, predicting, I guess, and it coming to be so quickly behind the premonitions? Well, the way that I look at it is it takes an extreme amount of guts to do what you're doing. An extreme amount of guts. It's one thing that we all do, going into haunted places, talking to dead folk, things like that. But to actually put yourself out there knowing what people are going to say, knowing how they're going to react, but doing it anyway because it's the right thing to do, I think is huge and I think it needs to be commended. And the thing is, I understand where people are coming from, where they're like, well, that, you know, it's fear mongering or something like that. Because let's face it, none of us want to hear that a horrible thing is going to happen. But as you and I both know, as psychics, it is irresponsible to hold on to this information if you've been given it. It's irresponsible. So yeah. it, you're doing the absolute right thing, and you're, you've been dead on. Now, do I wish you're wrong about L.A.? Absolutely, honey, Christine, I hope, you, I, I hope you're wrong. I do, as you hope you're wrong. But if yeah. you're not... I would rather know that you did it and that you've saved lives. Sometimes the right thing to hear isn't the easiest thing to hear. That is and so I think people true. need to understand that. Yeah. It's, I mean, if all we did was give sunny predictions and everything was all hearts and flowers and butterflies, you know, and then we hopped on our unicorn and, and ran off, you know, I mean, that, that's not reality. Reality's messy. <laughs> it's messy, Very true. you know, and we we're we're doing a disservice if we aren't honest in what we see. I'm doing a disservice to somebody who I'm I'm relaying the message from their dead relative if I'm not honest. Right. Or you don't if give I, all if of I, the information. Exactly. I just did a reading before I got on the show tonight and I always started out the same way. I always say you know, if you don't want me to be honest, then maybe we might not want to do this. 
you know, or <laughs> I don't sugarcoat it. I'm not really Wonka, you know. Um, and they're like, no, absolutely, tell me at all. And and I appreciate that because I don't want I don't want to have to to soften the edges as right. much as my heart might want to. And you can't soften the edges because it could cost lives. Yeah, Just because you say it, huh? It's such a catch twenty two, you know, because it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Um, and again, for a while, I stopped, you know, posting them. I mean, it, I, I'm not going to lie. It was starting to kind of freak me out, too, because, you know, I've always had precog dreams, but they were usually mm-hmm. like once a year. And then as time went on, you know, I might have a couple a year. And I, I mean, it's been going on that. And then last year, everything really changed. And they really I started getting hit hard by them. And like instead of having them, you know. Uh, every six months, I was having maybe five or six a month. And now, like for the last month, except for the night before last, I have had a precog dream of all this stuff coming every single night. So every single night between 3 and 3.30, I wake up from these precog dreams, can't sleep anymore after them because what I've been shown, it being a strong empath, the information that is given to me just so affects me. There's no way to block it because, again, I'm in, you know, like, dream state and when this information is given to me it is always has to do with destruction and death and and I really feel that so it really really you know hits me hard and I kept thinking well people don't want to hear this then why am I putting myself out there putting this stuff out there just so people can come and attack me and you know be so mean but again you know after this whole Harvey thing and I mean this last year they've been very very accurate but again it's been spread out and having everything happen and seeing that how many people actually were paying attention, I really had to refocus and think, you know what, it has, you know, I'm I'm not going to be able to change certain people's minds. Uh, and, and I'm not even trying to, you know, it's like people, you usually it's like they have to be, a, a, see it to believe it. So when they have their own personal experience or, you know, they get caught in something that they didn't listen to, you know, maybe it will change their mind. But the ones I want to focus on are the people who do follow me, the listeners that do pay attention, because, again, it was an amazing feeling to know that so many people got out of the, you know, line of danger and were okay because of it after it was all over. So and if nothing else, that makes it worth it. Absolutely. I've always said if if what my even if I only had one listener, as long as there's still somebody out there that wants to listen to what I have to say. I will be here saying what I have to say. So it, it it makes it hard. But again, you know, this is never about scaring anybody. It's about preparing people. And this is something you people should be doing anyway. Because again, we never know when a natural disaster is going to hit it. An earthquake can hit anywhere. It doesn't have to be in California. You know, tornadoes hit all over the place. Hurricane, you know, everybody has something. And, you know, it's Oh, not I live in Tornado Alley. <laughs> so, yeah, they me. do. You're better than me. <laughs> yeah, I no Oklahoma. Yeah, oh. it's us. And we have earthquakes here too now because yeah, of all the you, fracking. We have a ton getting, of them. Yeah, you've been getting hit a lot. I mean, a good majority, I, I have seen those too. The, a good majority of the earthquakes that you've been getting are, are coming from two things. And the biggest part is the fracking operations. There's just so oh, it's many awful. of them. You know, and they've drilled into all of these volcanoes so that they can, you know, they've got pads everywhere. If you go and and look on Google Earth, I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. And so when the pressure comes up for every place that they have, 
you know, drilled into, um, it's going to make it vulnerable, you know, the mountain vulnerable. So you guys are getting a lot of stuff, but the swarms like uh, in that main Mount St. Helen, uh, Mount St. Helens, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Yellowstone, all of those, you know, um, with the swarms that they're having, it's pushing a lot of pressure across, you know, the, the plains and you guys happen to have a great place to get earthquakes. So you guys have been having quite the, quite the swarm but again, I don't really see, you know, I haven't seen anything, you know, super major. Uh, but again, when I see something that's where they show me that is going to be between a five and an eight magnitude, um, yeah, that's that's time to to start saying something and getting. It's time to say something. Yeah. It's, and yeah. you did exactly the right thing. To me, it's no different. And I've had this happen where I've done a tarot reading for somebody, and I have to give them medical news. Mm-hmm. I have to tell them, you need to have this checked, please. You know, I could be wrong, but if I'm not and you don't get this checked, I I don't want to tell you the outcome. Oh, and I, I look, I, yeah, I look at it that way. If I don't tell somebody what I see, their blood's on my hands because I saw it. And if I don't tell them, I'm being irresponsible. Now, I mean, a lot of people say, well, that, you know, why would you do that? Why would you tell somebody that? Because I care. (laughs) Because I care, you know, Uh, and and I I want them to be around tomorrow. You know, I I, I want them and not not for any personal reason, but just to know that they're alive. You know, it's not for me. It's for them, and I would want the same in return. I would want somebody, if somebody could read me, I would want them to do the same thing. Give me that option of knowing what my what my choices are. Yeah. Don't well, take you, that away from me. And you say something, uh, you know, kind of interesting that just caught, caught my ear because it's something that I deal with a lot, too. I mean, and it's actually been something that I've seen with a lot of different psychic friends of mine. You know, we are great at giving readings, very accurate. But when it comes mm-hmm. to getting readings ourselves, it like sucks because we, at least for me, it. I've had many people try to read me, and it oh, usually, same. Usually, same, and it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like they can get some like just random stuff, but you know, nothing, nothing like. I would give somebody, you know, and maybe it's just the way that, you know, they give readings or whatever, but I just kind of gave up. I was like, this is ridiculous. I've been trying for so long to get a reading. And what people don't understand is that, you know, I mean, you could be a great psychic, but that doesn't work for you. I mean, if it did, I, boy, I wouldn't have had failed marriages. I wouldn't have made all the mistakes that I've made. I, I'm great at giving advice and giving readings. I'm just not good at doing and taking the advice myself. Oh, honey, preach. Preach. Oh, I am the worst. I, I mean, now, granted, my, my marriage did did not succeed, okay? <laughs> but, I mean, not, not honestly, I mean, my ex-husband and I, we were brought together to bring forth this amazing human being that is my son. And I have absolutely no regrets on that. And my ex-husband's not a bad person, you know, um, at all. We just grew apart. My relationship after, <laughs> you know, you you know you know how it is when you're an empath, when you're psychic, when you when you know stuff that you shouldn't know, it doesn't go over well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People don't like that so much. 
Yeah. You know, they're not fans of you knowing stuff, you know, and even when you try not to know stuff, but you still know stuff, they, um, it makes people very uncomfortable. And the very thing, and I, we're going to get into relationship chat here, but the very thing that attracts men to me is the same exact thing that makes them leave. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, for the love, I mean, I cannot understand that to save my life. I have chosen a life to be single because I'm just not willing <laughs> to put myself out there again for that, to, to hear how it's the coolest darn thing in the world that I can do all this stuff and then how I'm going to burn for it. Right. You know, right. I just, I, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you know? I was young and dumb, and I was a true believer in love, and I just thought, you know, that my first husband was, you know, my childhood sweetheart from the time I was 12 years old until we got married when I was 18. And, you know, it was like, and from there, it's like, I've been married and divorced four times. So oh, not only did I have three strikes, I didn't even, you know, think of that, you know, and say, oh, that's pretty bad luck right there. I've had three strikes in a row. Let me try one more time. So the fourth time it was like, okay, you know what? I'm not doing this no more. Christina's going to stay single. Not a problem. I, you know, obviously my picker is off and obviously, you know, uh, I'm very drawn to just people in general that just need fixing. <laughs> well, I was actually talking to my client before the show about this, um, People like you and I attract narcissists. Oh, yes. It, it just, it's just the way of it. You know, and yes, because we want to fix things and we want to make things better because we know innately what is wrong and we want to help, but we can't. We, we, we can't. We, we're responsible for relaying the information, but we're not responsible for being the collateral damage of that information. And that is the one thing that I have found that we are is, is we turn into collateral damage for somebody that we're trying to fix. And that's just not something that, that I, that I'm willing to do anymore. And I don't think you are either. And I know so many people out there who are in situations that are like us, that are sensitive to a certain degree, um, have certain abilities. And I see them fall into the same situation that I've been in and it's it's very troubling and I don't know I don't know how to fix it and I can fix a lot of crap but I can't <laughs> fix that you know so I, I I just feel like the best thing for me to do so I'm not ruining someone else's life you know is to just step back and just say you know what I think because of what I do that it's best that I do it alone yeah I, I, I you know, because I get tired of being a burden yeah, and I've been, you know, single now for about 10 years. And I'll tell you, mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely great. Like, once yeah. I finally just got past the whole thing about feeling like I needed somebody, I, I was completely happy. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can do what I want. And now, you know, all of my – I'm 50, so all my children are all grown. I've got grandchildren. So, I mean, it was just completely me, and I could do what I wanted. I could go where I wanted. I didn't have to mm -hmm. worry about – you know, babysitters and, you know, who's going to, who the kids are going to stay with. And, you know, is my husband or my boyfriend going to like it that I'm leaving them behind or having them call me trying to figure out, you know, upset because what I'm posting on social media, like, I don't have any of that. Like, I just have so little stress. It's amazing. So about the biggest amount of stress I have is these damn precog dreams. 
I know, right? I'll take that any time over a relationship right now. So now let me ask you this, because I, I need to know if I'm the only one. But I have found that when I'm in a relationship, and I talk about this in my books, I have found that when I'm in a relationship, that I water myself down. Because subconsciously, I'm so unbelievably afraid that I'm going to become an embarrassment or that it's that I'm going to be an inconvenience. And it's, it's very hard for me. It's very hard for me to be able to open fully up to somebody because, you know, I mean, you know, my head's, my, I mean, it's a chaotic mess up in here. The stuff that I'm bombarded with daily. And I'm just so afraid to let somebody else in on that because some days it's very hard for me to deal with. Do you find that you go through the same situation? Oh yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is like, you know, people are always trying to tell me that I need to get a boyfriend. I need somebody to share everything with. And I'm just like, where do you find this person? Because first of all, men love me. They absolutely love me. But then as they start to get to know me, they find out, first of all, that I'm in the paranormal and I'm a psychic medium. Uh I guess they think that that means like I'm a mind reader and I'm going to know anything and everything, every dark secret that they've ever thought about. And although mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way, it kind of scares them. And then, you know, or, uh, you know, if it's not that they, if once they find out that not only am I investigating the paranormal, but I also deal with uh, UFOs, abductees, we do Bigfoot investigations, like they're already leaving the restaurant at that point. <laughs> So where where exactly do you find people, you know, single people like us? It's not like they've got an R time for the old people or match.com for the younger or Tinder for the, you know, everybody wanting to hook up. I mean, like people in our field don't have anything like that. We're just kind of on our own. And it's very hard to find somebody who understands not only what we do, but who we are, how we think, how we react, how we do things. I mean, uh, it, it takes a special person. <laughs> it really does. And like what I run into so much is I'm literally, and, and I have a full-time job. I'm, I'm a full-time dental assistant, pediatric dental assistant. And only up until two months ago, I worked almost seven days a week at a, I mean, I have a, I had a second job as well, waiting tables because I'm a single mom. Right. You know, I've got things to do, not to mention a radio show, which turned into a very successful YouTube show. I've got three books. The third one's coming out this month. You know, I'm a guest on other shows. I'm a busy woman. And that is one of the most difficult things for somebody to deal with is because I I guess in a relationship, you should drop everything. And I can't do that because I'm literally on call 24 hours a day. My phone does not stop ringing. The private messages do not stop coming. It is constant. It never stops. I did, I did one show on YouTube for somebody else, and I woke up the next morning to 700 messages in my private messaging thing on Facebook. Mm-hmm. 700 in one night. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. Uh, again, people don't understand. It's like I barely have time for me, much exactly. less a relationship. And so it's like, how do you really have a successful relationship unless that person happens to be in the paranormal and doing the same thing that you do? And then they have, I mean, it's like, I guess being like 
you know, a, a normal person trying to date a celebrity. You know, it's very hard because they're used to being in the public eye and the paparazzi and never having a free moment and things like that. But, you know, it, most normal people aren't going to like understand that kind of relationship because they expect, you know, weekends, you spend time together because you're working all week. Oh, no, my weekends are full every week. Uh-huh. So, oh, yeah. you know, it's either like you have to to be on board to just come with me and, and come do what I do. And then, and then again, being a woman, there's not a lot of men that just want to travel around with their girlfriend Well, she's, you know, getting, doing all the, all the fun stuff, you know, they, and they're not getting any, any real attention. You know, the, the girls get exactly, you nailed it right there. Boom. Right there, Christina, not getting any attention. I don't have time for that. I don't even have anymore because like, I just don't have the time. I just don't have the time. And I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I have worked so hard on my radio shows, on, you know, speaking at events, lecturing, traveling for the radio show to cover different events, do things for, you know, live streams for the show, just so much. And, and look, I recently just put up a YouTube channel and I mean, I, I think I only have like a hundred subscribers, but I mean, mm-hmm. I have close to 700,000 live listeners a week to each of the, of the shows online. So, uh, you uh, know, no, don't say that word. I get nervous. Oh no. Yeah, sorry. Now you're going to get a thousand <laughs> private messages. So. Holy crud. Oh, I've worked hard and I don't, you know, it's like, I don't want to have to deal with petty BS and I don't want to know people getting their feelings hurt because I can't spend enough time with them. Like this is, I have worked too hard to just, you know, say, okay, you know, like I met somebody and I'll just let it all go now because they want to spend time with me. Can't do it. Yeah. No. So. Why even, why even go down that path? Because I'm like, I'm just waiting to bring drama in my own life. And I don't need to have a bunch of drama on top of trying to, to do what I'm doing. Because again, it's just too distracting. It's draining too. I have found that I can't help others when I have that going on. And I, I really do believe, and I know it sounds like I'm, like I'm martyring myself and I'm really not, I'm really not. But I think this, I mean, aside from, like I said, having my amazing son. I mean, my, my sole purpose in life was having him, but this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. The, the, the messages that I get, um, whether they're private or public, the reviews that I get on my books, you know, like they're, they're like, like, we feel like we found a family member. We, we have somebody who understands us. I get that from people. And, and that is the best soul food you can, you can get. Oh, absolutely. Is to know that you've touched somebody's life, that you've made them. Because my, my upbringing um, was traumatic when it came to this type of stuff. You know, it was awful. Um, and to know that I've got, I've got, you know, teenage girls out there reading my books that don't feel alone. Can't get no better than that. Oh, right. Absolutely. Can't get any better than that. You know, because I remember what it was like to be the weirdo. You know, to be the scary girl, to be the one no one wanted to talk to. You know, and to know that I've made somebody's life a little bit easier, no amount of money, no amount of money, no amount of, of, you know, a relationship, you know, and the physical part of it. Nothing, nothing makes up for that. Nothing can take the place of that is knowing that I have done what I have been put on this earth to do. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I mean, again, it's kind of crazy because people say, oh, you know, you can't really, 
create relationships online with people. And I completely say BS because I will tell you, I have met some of the most amazing people online who have then become my friends and, and the listeners. And then over time, you know, they're always interacting and they're just like family, you know, 100%. Absolutely. So to have people comment and say, you know, like even like the precog dreams, like, you know, please don't listen to the haters. Keep putting the stuff out. We listen intently, you know, and we know that you're, you're accurate. Don't stop doing what you're doing. Like that is a great thing to hear because it's that, it's that encouragement. I think that many of us growing up didn't get growing up. Exactly. Some of my best friends, this is no joke. And people thought I was crazy, but I met people online that lived in England and they were part of, of a paranormal group. And I started reading some of their photos for them, then started remote viewing their cases and doing all of that on live stream, did over a hundred live streams um, in such a short amount of time, you know? And um, I actually ended up hopping on a plane with my best friend and going and staying with these people in England. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never met them in person. They literally are family. I'm not going to lie. Best. I travel all over the place when I have conferences or if I'm going to go do, you know, a, a live investigation somewhere. And my friends will say, oh, you don't need to get a hotel. You can stay with us. And I don't even second guess it. Somebody told me I'm going to get killed one of these days, but I don't think so. I just like, I talk to these people so often. And, and so it's, and when I meet them in person, it's not like a strange encounter. It's like I've known them forever and I just haven't seen them. It's you know, like, oh, like, there you like, are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's just like you just take it from there as if you had been friends forever. I mean, it's again, and I have met some amazing people. I have literally been able to go to some really amazing places that people have, you know, uh, invited me to go to and attend. So, I mean, again, for us, I think it's, we get to a point where it it is kind of we're ready to to really branch out, really put everything into, and and we really start to get it all. And again, then really everything kind of changes and then starts falling into place. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. If it wasn't for the people I have met, if it wasn't for their acceptance and their just opening their arms and their hearts and their families to me, I wouldn't have accomplished anywhere near what I've accomplished in the last two and a half years. It would have been an impossibility because I did not, when I, when I came public, as as I joke about, when I hopped out of the broom closet, you know, I wouldn't, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have the confidence to do this on my own and knowing these people and having them not only trust me but believe in me and and put their faith in me that actually gave me all the confidence in the world and i i mean i've been everywhere i louisiana virginia um i was supposed to go to arizona but i'm going to be going back to louisiana for haunted bourbon paracon i've been to england scotland um virginia twice pennsylvania new jersey new york working on the cropsy case i'll be in ireland next march none of which Oh, Memphis too. None of which would have been possible. None of which had I have stayed in the verbally abusive and confining relationship I was in. Right. When I right. felt like crap, you know, and I just, when I, when I kicked that, 
to the side and said, no, this is me. This is me. This is love it or lump it. You know, this is who I am and I'm going to embrace it. Things just exploded. I actually sat down and figured it out because I was trying to write a new bio. I've worked on, in two and a half years, I've worked 260 cases. <laughs> you were right. And you actually went and uh, did a pretty uh, interesting investigation recently. I saw you yes. out at the Syracuse house, uh, which was, I've had everybody on this show, uh, him and Julian, his wife Julian, uh, a few times on the show to talk about the the horse fry. Ugh, I can't mm-hmm. even speak. Uh, <laughs> they're in their uh, own home, and it was yeah. very interesting. I mean, I love the fact that you went out there and you know you did some live stream. So you know, let's talk a little bit about that because again, you know, you can hear people you know come on and talk about their haunted houses and and things like that. But again, usually there's just a book and there's just those people's, you know, testimony saying, you know, Uh we're saying it's haunted. And and of course, in this field, like we want to believe them because a lot of people have experiences and they write books and everything. But when you actually are able to go out and investigate as an investigator or even as a psychic, you're able to go and check it out for yourself. It's always very, very interesting oh it really was and I mean it was when I went out to Phil and Julia's house it was in conjunction with us working the Cropsey case in Staten Island so I flew into Jersey into Newark and Phil and uh, their son came and picked me up and we drove you know to eastern Pennsylvania and I was going to spend the night there at their house and the second I got out of the car I'm taking off across the backyard you know and just telling them everything I'm seeing and hearing and feeling and, and, you know, telling them which direction to go. And I hadn't even been in their house yet. Right. Telling them which direction to go, to go in their house, where they needed to go to. Um, and I was ready. I, but, but I, here's the thing, Christina, I, I knew what I was going there to do and it wasn't what I guess the standard operating procedure is. I, it was never, it never crossed my mind to go into their home and have whatever is in there prove itself to me. I, that was never on the agenda. What was on the agenda was me asking what is ever in there, what, whatever is in there, for help. And so when I went in, it was I, I was almost embraced, which is really kind of funny, you know. I I did not feel threatened one bit, but I felt crowded, very very crowded. And what was funny, and Phil just was able to confirm this, when I went downstairs into their basement. The first room I went to, he's like, no one ever goes to that room. You know, I said, this is where they go when they're trying to get away. And we, I say we, Phil just got video of um, from, um, was that closed circuit TV or whatever it is that he's got there, right. uh, the little cameras that they, they put in when they were uh, on vacation. They actually have um, video of little orbs, for lack of a better word, little balls of light coming down the stairs and shooting into the room that I told them to go into. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, and they, he says, we've never seen anything like that. And I said, I told you that's where they went, you know? And, and then we went into what they call the portal room. And I did three different sessions in there. I was in there with Phil and Julia and I did a pendulum session. 
And that was very interesting because they were they were fairly talkative, and we did this on a live feed. And that went on for quite a while until Marie Vargas, who she's known as the Hollywood Witch in, in California, right. she wanted Phil – yeah, you know Marie. Mm-hmm. She wanted Phil to have me sit in front of the mirror, which is what they believe the portal is, just to see what would happen. And I've learned a lot about myself. I have learned what I can and cannot do. And I did it for as long as I could. But when I saw my face start to melt off (laughs) in the mirror, and this was on live feed, people could see it. My face was physically changing. I said, I need to, I need to leave. I need to go outside. I need to have a cigarette. I need to get to pull myself together. Smart. And, uh, yes. And normally I would say, whatever it is, hop on in, you know, let's go. Let's see where you take me. But I knew that that was not going to be what needed to happen because I wasn't at that point in time, the interaction wasn't with who I needed to speak with. It was with something entirely different. And I, I did not want to, to allow that into me. So we went outside, talked a little bit, had a couple of cigarettes, maybe four or five. I don't know, you know, <laughs> because I was a little freaked. And, um, and then Phil and I went back in by ourselves and we did a pendulum session and got a lot of interaction, confirmation, speaking. And you can physically see my hand the entire time. You know, I mean, I'm not manipulating anything. I have since shortened the string on my pendulum because I'm a short, little, chunky thing, you know, and it was so, my arm was dying, you know, <laughs> trying to hold it up. But, um, that was that was really interesting and uh i was explaining to them i said if you i said this room is just full it's absolutely full of people i said and the furniture is irrelevant you know it's 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 as if the bed and the dresser and the mirror and and the desk and everything else isn't there because the people are there regardless and um then i went in by myself for 15 minutes and I guess that's not real common for people to do a lot. I don't know. Um, but again, the only thing that made me feel uncomfortable was the mirror. Everything else, it was very full. There was tons of activity but and tons of interaction and personal experiences. But the mirror was the kicker for me. You know, and so I was going to sleep in that room. And then I'm like, you know what? I've gotten my information. They've told me what they wanted to tell me. I'm going upstairs and sleeping on the couch. <laughs> and I did. I, you know what? I might be crazy, Christina, but I'm not stupid. You know? Yeah, well, <laughs> so, you know, I'll tell you, that, that's actually very smart because I had an investigation not that long ago. Uh, we were going to do an event up in uh, Oregon. And so we mm-hmm. went to, it was McMinnville, Oregon. And so they had this... Uh, like this old type of like plantation house that was the the man who owned it had you know built a golf course and everything and then he died and just there was all kinds of stuff I guess you know it was all the stuff I found out afterwards but we were going to go there and they wanted me to you know walk through see if I could pick up on anything and I walked through as soon as I got on the grounds there was stuff walking everywhere and when I got in the house Uh The man was there. There was a couple kids there. His wife was there. But you know, this was at a time where, you know, they were they were very prestigious in the town, and people, you know, 
uh, princes and kings and uh, people of high society would, you know, uh, fly there or be uh, brought there to have, you know, super big uh, parties there. So it was, it was very interesting. And he built it and, and his wife, you know, designed it. So there was a very big connection to the home. So there was all kinds of stuff there. So I was like, oh, you know, this is this will be fun, right? Because they were already, as soon as I got there, they started interacting with me. I'm like, oh, this will be great. Don't even have to work too hard. And as I told the the guy, because I had walked, done the walkthrough by myself, uh, I was telling him and he said, oh, so well, what did you think about the basement? And I said, oh, I didn't even know that there was a basement. And uh -huh. he said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, let's go to the basement. And as soon as I walked down to that basement, everything changed. The energy changed. Uh. There was a portal open down there. And he's like, oh, let's, you know, do a little EVP session or whatever, see what you pick up on. And, you know, while we sit down here in the freaking dark. So I'm sitting there and this thing is, I want to say it's a guy because it has a guy's voice, but came up to me, went straight to my ear and said, count now. And I was like, uh, uh. Let's go. I said it. And the thing is, is what was so crazy is that we got up there. It was like a 12 hour drive. So we get up there and we got, I had to go get checked into the hotel. And then we had to directly go up there and meet up with the person because it was the next day was the event. So we do all that. So the next day I go back. Uh, so I tell him we got to get out of the here. And, you know, I don't know that we should investigate down here. But of course, the guy who was running the event, because of the fact that there was something that seemed dark down there, he was more even attracted, you know, like, oh, you know, this will this will be good, scare, you know, like something bad, scare somebody because we had all these guests that were coming. And so I was like, no, like, I really like think we should just stick around upstairs. Like, there's no reason to go into the basement. So uh -huh. we get there and on, on the Friday, we go through everything, we get all kinds of activity. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was like, uh, you know, I'm not, oh, no, wait, I, we went back that Thursday night. I got sick Thursday night and the ambulance had to come and take me to the emergency room. And I was there uh -huh. from like four in the morning until like five in the afternoon and the event was going to start at six. So when I got there, I was pretty drained and out of it. So I did the the dinner, we did the investigation. I did all the upstairs with everybody. I actually had messages for a few people of that were there at the, the event. Um, and so I gave those and then I was just drained. And so I, he said, okay, well, we're gonna, who wants to go to the basement? And so you know, everybody wanted to go. And I said, all right, I'm gonna let you guys go. I'm going home, you know, uh, uh -huh. I'm, I'm not feeling good and I'm not gonna, I'm not at 100%, so I definitely don't want to put myself in jeopardy. So I ended up, you know, going back, got a good night's sleep, woke up the next day, felt re-energized. I was like, yes, I, you know, I must have just, because I was sick, I was feeling this way. So I went back and the guy said, you know, so are you going to wimp out, you know, on the on the uh, basement this time? And I was like, man, I'm not afraid of the basement. Yeah, we'll, in fact, we'll do the basement first. How about that? <laughs> and he was like, oh, good to hear. So that night I go down there all confident. We're sitting down there and they've got the ghost box going on. And this thing is sitting in the corner laughing because he's portraying himself through the voice, uh, through the ghost box as a child. Okay. But, uh -huh. and he's, but the child did not die as a child. This guy died as an adult. 
so and he just oh, like wow. things like like these they're so stupid they they're so easily manipulated you know and i'm sitting there i'm like whatever so i'm trying to act like i'm not hearing any of this and so they keep going and finally I, he comes to my ear and again screams out get out get out now and two people next to me heard it and they turned around looked wow. at me and said did you just hear that and he's me i didn't want to say anything it's scary when i'm like um, what do you, what do you, you hear? And she said, it sounds like said, get out now. And I said, okay, it's time for us to go upstairs and start the rest of the investigation. Right. So they were like, oh, okay. So everybody starts going up these old rickety stairs that go up into the kitchen and everybody's single file going up. And as soon as the, I, it's my turn to go in line. And I had about probably six people behind me, eight people. I see this big black mass come from the top of the stairway, flies down, literally two hands hit me in the chest. And the next thing I know, I woke up. I had all these people around me asking me and yelling, did they need to call the ambulance? You know, was I okay? And, but nobody would tell me what had happened. I just thought that this thing hit me in the chest and pushed me and it knocked me out. Uh, I had, I went back, uh, went to go take a shower and I had two handprints on my chest uh -huh. and I had scratches on my back. So I was like, oh crap, like, you know, I never experienced anything, you know, like that at all. So we ended up going back to California. I have the guys come on to come on the show and talk about the, what had happened. And they told me then, because they didn't want to freak me out, that not only did I get hit, but I was actually grabbed and levitated and then thrown two to three feet across the floor where I fell and hit my head and was knocked out. So when you feel stuff like that, you know, it's important to really follow, follow your gut feeling, you know, I, well, what, it, you're, you're absolutely right. And I mean, I'm like you, I learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah. I learned the hard way, you know, the situations that I've dealt with in Virginia where I, I know for a fact, I know, I have no doubt in my mind that the last particular situation when whatever or however many of them were in me had me running down a, you know, a mile-long driveway in the, in the dead of night with apparently six people chasing after me trying to stop me, I know where they were leading me and I know it wasn't good, you know, right. and that was a situation I woke up out of. I had to be tackled physically tackled and taken to the ground by an ex-combat vet <laughs> in Virginia. He physically had to tackle me and take me to the ground in this gravel driveway because apparently I took off and there was no stopping me. And they said by the time all six of the people got to me, because he got to me first, by the time they got to me, the scream that I let out they said it was like 20 people. There was like 20 different voices coming out of me. But see, that's and, exactly why I will uh -huh. not open myself up and allow anything to enter into me, period, ever. Like for sucks. me, but my abilities are different. See, I visually can see them, I can hear them, and I can communicate with them. I can talk to them uh -huh. just like I talk to you. And so uh -huh. like, I always feel like, why would you need to use me as some kind of vessel you know what I'm saying? Because I don't, you know, I don't, I could talk to you just like this. So but when they, like when they do it to me in New Orleans, I don't mind because it was never violent. 
So I've never minded that because it's always been where they just wanted to to walk for a minute. They wanted to experience that again for a minute. It was almost like I'm just like a taxi. Hop in, take a little drive, you know, take the scenic route, call it good. And I've never minded that, you know, because, like I said, they've never intended harm. But in Virginia, they intended harm. And they caused a lot of pain, you know. And so it's, I learned there. I learned there. I said, I can't, I can't do that. Um, I came home almost unrecognizable. It took a good three to four weeks to recover. Yeah. And I think that it, again, it's something, once you experience something like this, because again, like it's, there's no like training for this, (laughs) you know, we just figure it out as we go. And so, you know, and then we try to educate other people, just like a parent, then you try to educate other people so that they don't make those same mistakes that we've made. You know, it's like, hey, you might not be wanting to channel spirits because they're not always nice and they don't always want to leave on their own. So unless you want to have to go through like, you know, a a whole exorcism or something, you know, you got to be really careful, especially being a psychic medium. But even just being a paranormal investigator, if you are opening yourself up and telling a spirit that they can utilize you as a vessel to get across their message then again it comes well and that oh hold on a second we've got a caller it sounds like uh from the 619 area code uh caller are you there oh yes hi did you have a thanks for calling into the show did you have a question uh or a comment tonight oh actually i i'm sorry i work for catharsis horror and i was tuning into the radio station because i know that we had a scheduled for today perfect all right, we, they'll be coming up in about 20 minutes or so. So go ahead and just mute your phone and uh, feel free to listen in until they uh, join us. Okay, sounds good. Thank right. you. Thank you. Uh, I, I do have actually a couple questions coming in uh, real quick for you, Vanessa. So uh-huh. one of the messages is from Sean, and he said, do you believe that the Syracuse house is actually haunted by demons? The Syracuse, yes. Okay. And here's the thing, not haunted, inhabited. (laughs) Not haunted, inhabited. But yes, it's very, very different. But that's not all that is there. And for me, what people need to know, what your listeners need to know, for me to use the D word, it takes a lot. It takes a lot because I don't believe in tossing that word around. But I know what I saw in that mirror. And there's no convincing me of anything else. There you go. I mean, and again, I mean, I trust people's, you know, personal accounts. And I mean, who am I to say, you know, one way or another? I personally have never investigated there, but I'm sure at some point in my life, I will get out there, you know, to check it out myself. But again, even when I've talked to, to Julia, I mean, I've picked up a lot about their house. So, I mean, it's definitely you know, there's definitely something on. Do you think that it's, well, this is the other question. Do you think that it's uh, a a portal that is in their house causing these things to come through? 100%. Thank you, Lisa, for that. But it's not just what, yeah, it's not just what's in their house. It's what's under their house. Mm. (laughs) So Mm. it goes, it goes so much deeper than your standard house situation. 
So like you're running a so like yeah. haunted house with yeah. paranormal activity. Yes, it goes so much deeper than that. So much deeper than that. Um, and, and, and again, I want to reiterate, that is, to say the word demon is something that I just, I'm like, if I could find anything else that p- could possibly be and not use that word, I would. Anything. That's the last word I ever want to use because I think it's thrown around way too much. But I know what I saw. And a friendly spirit doesn't make the face melt off. You know, I mean, yeah, we have a picture. Um, Not only did it uh, start to look like it was melting off, I actually, my face actually turned into that of a cat. Mm -hmm. Totally black eyes. Most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And that's when I'm like, nope, it's cigarette time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting out of here. (laughs) That's not going to happen again. No more, no more. No, 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 no. I mean, again, it is it is kind of crazy because, again, I've had all kinds of interesting experiences. My first one started when I was a teenager because, you know, I was like you. I I actually got along with people very easily. I was an easy people person, but nobody really understood me. So, first of all, you know, part of the time I wore just regular clothes, right? And I would mm-hmm. hang out in the cemetery and meditate. <laughs> Then the other part, like uh, the week, I was in like this gang. So I would wear like, you know, our jackets and, you know, little baby doll shoes and, you know, the whole tire, black pants, white shirt and hang out with all of them and the low riders and stuff like that. Then Friday came and I would put on the cheerleading outfit or I had a tennis match (laughs) or stuff like that. So nobody really could figure me out. And, you know, I didn't tell people about my abilities until, you know, like I really got to know them and trusted them and thought they wouldn't like completely freak out. And that never happened. Every time that people loved me, as soon as they found out, they thought I was, you know, was a witch or their parents thought I was a witch because they said something to them and, you know, forbid them for ever being able to hang out with me again. So I didn't have like a whole lot of per se you know, friends, or and I didn't do like overnight, you know, uh, sleepovers or, or things like most teenagers did. And so I was hanging out in the uh, cemetery one day, and I met a bunch of these goth kids, and like they just loved me. Like they just thought I was so intriguing, and you know, they were, uh, you know, they were kids that they liked dabbling in, you know, spells and witchcraft and stuff like that. So when they found out that I had psychic abilities they like completely were originally drawn to me and they ended up the girls invited me over for a sleepover so i was like yeah you know i go got finally got some friends gonna go to sleepover and i went into the house and they had this like little room that was kind of like built in the like it was part of the garage maybe it used to be part of the garage and they had this room and they had this table in there and they had candles lit with chairs and stuff and they had a ouija board in the middle and so the plan was, is they wanted, they liked me, but they wanted to test me and see if I was telling the truth about psychic abilities. So they were going to do the Ouija board and they wanted me to then tell them what the answer was going, the Ouija board was going to answer before the pendulum told them the information, right? And so uh-huh. they, we asked a few questions and, you know, it opened. Now, mind you, at that time, this is back like in the like 70s. So pretty much everybody that I knew 
their parents had a Ouija board in their game closet because it was, you know, um, sold as an entertainment game. You know, nobody back then knew that they were actually worked. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I wasn't scared of it because I had never done a Ouija, be- Ouija board before. And I thought, oh, this might be kind of cool. So I did. And the next thing I know, like, I'm giving the answer and that's what's coming out. I'm giving the answer and that's what's coming out. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know, I I started getting some real negative stuff and I didn't feel right about it. And I was started to get a little scared. And so I was like, you know, I really don't want to do this. And then this like board just starts going crazy. And it's like, you know, saying, you know, hell. And just, oh, I was all, I didn't even remember everything they said, but it scared the death out of all of them and me as well. So after that, they definitely didn't want to be my friends either. So um, I really kind of stayed to myself and, and I got a boyfriend at, you know, right when I turned 13. So that's who I ended up marrying and was my husband and father of my children. So, uh, I, but I was very close, to, you know, often have like a whole pe- lot of people to, to hang out with and be friends with. So it's always interesting, like now, like the, the full come around and the same thing, you know, with you and all the things that we've learned over the years, because nobody was there to teach us about psychic abilities, the rights, the wrongs, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, how you need to protect yourself against things, how to control it. You know, there's it, there's nothing. It was just like you fly by the seat of your pants and try to figure out it as you go. And when you do something really bad, you just don't do that again. But in this field, you know, there's lasting consequences sometimes. Oh, absolutely. That's the whole reason behind me writing the books that I wrote is to teach people, you know, is to let them, because I can't answer every message. I can't always pick up my phone. I have a job, you know, I mean, I, I can't always do that. And this stuff follows me to my job. I have activity at almost every office I've worked at that I have to deal with. I mean, it's been witnessed by people that I work with one so bad that the doctor actually said, one of your friends here. And I said, well, yeah, and he goes, well, tell them we'll be done in a minute, <laughs> you know, because they were throwing things off the shelf above my patient. Oh, wow. And it was landing on my patient because they wanted to talk to me and I couldn't give them the attention they wanted, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, that's the reason I wrote these books and, and the reason that I got so blunt in this last one and the one that comes out this month is because I wanted people to know the not pretty side of it. I right. wanted them to know what happens behind closed doors, what I deal with with the attachments that I have, I have an attachment I cannot get rid of. I can't, you know, it, it, he won't go away. He's been seen when I'm doing interviews on YouTube. People who know nothing about him have described him to a T standing behind me. You know, so, I mean, I've come clean with all of that, with the abuse, waking up with bruises all over my body. I've come clean with with what happens when you get taken over. I've taken all of the Hollywood out of it, and I was as blunt as I could be. And I you think know, that's, on, on that's all these. That's important, it especially is. for up and coming, you know, um, not only investigators, because, but again, people with abilities, because. As psychics, we've really never fit into the world other than doing readings. And so exactly. when the normal field opened up and people, you know, at the beginning, like if you had a psychic on your team, you know, people wouldn't even pay attention to your research or what you were doing because they thought you're a fraud because how can you listen to a fake psychic? 
but you know, then once they started putting it on TV and seeing how a psychic on a team or somebody, if you have a psychic to utilize for your team, how beneficial it can be to an investigation and how it can really help in playing into all of this. And especially if you're not, because you're not always, they're not like circus monkeys. So it's not like when you come in with your equipment and you say, okay, we want to interact with you, that they're going to, because if they don't want to, they're just not going to. But if you have a psychic on the team, a lot of times you can connect on a much different level. And so once they realize that you can see them and you can interact with them, they will interact with you. So you can still extract a lot of information that then later can possibly be validated either by the client or by research or anything that you may collect as far as evidence. So once you start seeing that, you know, we kind of like all of a sudden had a niche, you know, where we could, Mm -hmm. where we could fit in. But we also, you know, it's like most psychics, again, didn't have any kind of guidance on what they're supposed to do with their abilities, you know, uh, the rights and the wrongs or anything like that. So again, we've kind of learned, you know, um, we're learning still the hard way. And well, again, and let, I mean, let's face it, Christina, there are some fake ones out there. Oh, let's oh, absolutely. Face it. There oh, are. I mean, I, I used to read. Now, you know, Mike, um, Mike was a part of a group mm-hmm. and I did not know they were doing this at the time. I had no idea, but I was remote viewing for them, which means I was sitting in the comfort of my own home and they would tell me that they were at a location, but they wouldn't tell me where it was. They wouldn't tell me anything about anybody at the house and he would send me a picture of the front of the house and I would tell him okay we need to go through the front door and go down this hallway down or up those stairs or blah 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 whatever and he would message me back and say okay yes you're right okay and I would tell him okay this is in this room and this is who you need to ask for and this all just different kinds of information a cold reading and you you can look up cold readings and it gives a weird a weird example of that but for me a cold reading is not knowing squat about the place and telling them what they need to ask and look for and being correct right okay he would do that with me but I didn't know at the same time he was doing it with another person bless him who had knowledge of the case and they still couldn't get it right but they were calling themselves a psychic I was getting it right this person wasn't this was years ago well I mean that was enough to convince Mike and Mike is the one who asked me to write my first book bless him but like just last week me and Gwen did a live stream a a live feed not live stream a live feed on Facebook with MP Paranormal in England again no idea where they were no idea and they're six hours ahead of us in England and I think this was on Saturday and uh, she and I and Gwen is from BPI she and I are giving them all the information that we're getting. And I mean, you can see my ugly mug right there on their live feed, you know, because I w- they were able to add me to it. But, you know, we're giving them all this information, not knowing if we're correct or not, right. not having any idea. And they were able, they finally made it on the location that they were at over to, um, you know, how like a, a historic location will have this, the, the thing posted with like the map of the buildings and information and stuff on it. They confirmed every single thing we said. Right. And that's, I I think that when teams, you know, utilize psychics, I I think that it's important to consistently test their accuracy. If you're going to use Absolutely. Because even- And if someone doesn't- Go ahead. Go ahead, honey. I'm sorry. 
No, I was just going to say with my team, I mean, we're comprised of psychics and sensitives. We've got a few skeptics and we've got some tech people, but, you know, our sensitives and our psychics, we're constantly taking them out just to different locations and testing them on places that they have no, his, no you know, uh, knowledge of the history of it or different things, or we'll say, oh, we've got somebody we, you know, need you to go read or, so, I mean, it. I think that it's important that you do that because I, I, it was a big pet peeve for me because again, anybody who was open in, you know, the public eye about being a psychic and I have been for the last 15 years and believe me, it had been rough because that was still during a time where people didn't believe in psychics and they thought anybody that claimed to be a psychic was fake and it didn't matter how much accuracy I had. That's just how it was. And then all of a sudden, like I said, they put it on TV where the teams were using psychics. And then like literally overnight, I was seeing everybody I know change their their Facebook page to medium, psychic medium. So uh -huh. and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what the hell? I, I know you personally and I know you're not damn psychic and you've never even uh -huh. mentioned it. So what the hell? And I just thought, oh, my God, I would end up being like one of these, you know, uh, debunkers and, and I would be on the opposite side. So I was like, I can't even like call everybody out like I want to, because then it just makes our field look worse because they're exactly. like, exactly, look at all of the scammers and all the fakers. So again, I always tell, you know, teams that want to have a psychic on their team or somebody that wants to, you know, um, utilize one that they really need to use them a few times and test them for accuracy before they start using them you know, uh, on cases and things like that. But we're Absolutely. Running uh, into <laughs> our break, and uh, we are going to be back with uh, Andrew and Nick from Catharsis Extreme Horror, or it's, I'm sorry, it's Catharsis Horror. They're one of the extreme haunts. And uh, again, they were the ex McKamey Manor uh, actors who pulled together and decided to start a haunt of their own. And boy, oh boy, there's something for everybody. So it's going to be interesting. Vanessa, I'd love to invite you to stick around and uh, chime in if you'd like for the, the rest of the show. And then we'll get I'll get back to you uh, right before we, we end and get your all your contact information for everybody. Okie dokie. All right. Okay, everybody, uh, we'll take a short break, and then we will be right back. You're listening to Paranormal Connections on the UPRN Talk Radio Network, 107.7 out of New Orleans. We'll be right back. You're clear, man.
you're back. All right, everyone, welcome back to Paranormal Connections, and we're back with Vanessa Hogel is going to be joining in the conversation along with Andrew Sweeney and Nick Baldwin, the, well, ex-actors, we'll say, of McKamey Manor. Uh, many people listened to them on the show before. They uh, came on, we did the exposing uh, show once uh, they all decided to leave, and they had made a big announcement that they were going to be starting their own extreme haunt, Catharsis Horror. So we, well, we asked them that they could come back once they were ready to open their doors to the public. And tonight is the night. So thanks so much, guys, for joining me. Hey, thanks for Thank having us. Great. Definitely. Welcome back. So Catharsis Horror is finally about to open, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what they're uh, saying. weekend. I, I've been watching the group. I see that you've already got so, some people signed up and raring to go. I know that uh, Christina Buster, you know, again, for anybody who ever followed the McKamey Manor shows uh, or any of the, even the exposing shows, um, people know Christina and she is an extreme haunt enthusiast, I'd say. I think she goes to just about anything extreme that possibly could get out there. Uh, you, you know, what were your thoughts of bringing her back since you guys have already had experiences since you were part of her tours? Go ahead, Nick, you first. All right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, honestly, I'm glad that she was willing to come back because the show that she got with us, um, well, so I wasn't there for her first show through McKean Manor, but the second one I was, and it's just, it's going to be something totally different. It's going to be a totally different beast. It's not going to be uh, what she, anything that she experienced in McCain Manor. So it's cool that she's willing to come back because she's going to see a totally different side of us that a lot of people don't know we have to us. And uh, um, yeah, so now I'm, I'm really excited that she's willing to do it. And uh, she's definitely, she's going to be in for a treat. So for me, she trips me out. I was talking to her, I guess, earlier today. She sent me a message, and she goes, oh, I can't wait, you know, kind of trying to get the 411, what she should be ready for, things like that. And I'm like, you know, just relax. You're crazy for coming through it again. Um, the thing about it is, you know Christina's going to most likely pick the most hardcore one. I'm not going to put that out there, like, to pressure her, but most likely, if I know Christina, she's going to pick that one. And I mean, she's intense. She's she's the she's the audience we're playing for though on on that certain tour. You know what I mean? That's why we make it so she can enjoy it as well as other people. Yeah, and she's a badass when it comes to these haunts. I have to say. I mean, you know, for her, I mean, it's not like she's you know in her twenties and you know she just has you know this fascination with the you know haunts and extreme haunts. <clears throat> she was one of the oldest. Uh, contestants to go through McKamey Manor and I mean she comes out like a champ the majority of the time I guess in, until the chamber but you know I mean she's she's one tough cookie that's for sure oh yeah, yeah she's we'll easy see. to break <laughs> we'll see yeah I'll, we'll see when her safer comes in <laughs> we'll see you may be able to break that you know, you know uh, that title that she has the yeah, I mean, the cool thing is, is we really don't want people to say for it. We want people to enjoy the show and the experience and the sense of accomplishment that's going to come at the end of it. So it's not about making them safe word, but some of them are, are looking for that experience. So here we go. I can't All wait right. for 
I can't wait. I'm going to start because I've got all kinds of questions from people that are wanting to, to know different things. So the biggest one that keeps being repeated is they want to know if it is going to be as extreme as McKamey Manor. It will possibly be more extreme <laughs> if you choose so. Oh, my God. You guys got me scared. It will possibly be worse than McKamey Manor. It depends on how people like ask for it. That's why we have the questionnaire because we want it to be to the person's comfortability. And so that's where like, you know, they can decide if they want something really extreme or not. And everybody knows we can provide that extreme, uh, extreme show if they want it. So, well, yeah, that's, have- there's no question. We can't provide that. Right. We're wanting to challenge ourselves on our theatrical side now, you know, the storyline, um, more more than just kicking your ass. Although we love that, we love that. Don't get us wrong. <laughs> well, you know, I, that, one of the things that I love about you know you guys is that you know yes, you guys are into you know the extreme haunt stuff, and I mean you've been doing it for you know quite a while now. But I like the fact that when you decided to open, that you were going to offer different levels you know if somebody was new and you know they knew about McKamey Manor I mean that would scare the hell out of me I would never go like you could say that you have a sister to her and I would be sure that that was a lie and it was probably some torture chamber so for me you know that it would psychologically mess me up just from there but I like that you're offering different levels for different people's you know after putting people through the ringer you could see that people definitely have different breaking points I mean it's clear as day so it, it would be wrong for us not to offer it Right. Well, I guess. I, personally, like I said, I will I'll promote you guys. I'll have, you know, your contestants on afters to see what they think. But Christina will still never. I can barely, last year, went through a damn uh, regular haunted house. And I ran and screamed through the whole thing. And if anybody would have touched me, I would have been fighting for my life. So an extreme haunt is definitely not made for Christina. So Christina's going to stay away and just report from afar. But I love what you guys are doing. And you are uh, one of the things, uh, this is another one of the questions, because uh, a lot of them are just same questions, is that are you going to allow a safe word? And you you are, correct? If people want Yeah, one. that's yeah. correct. Because I think that's, that's really- We are allowing a safe word. You know, I think it's be somebody's choice because if they pay to go to your haunt and then, you know, I know it's a lot of work to put all these things together and everything. But I mean, again, if they feel that they, you know, uh, gone through too much and they want to stop and they stop, I mean, so be it. You know, they've just lost the rest of their money and probably later they're going to feel bad that they quit. But uh, yeah, that was my biggest paramount. problem. I mean, above all, we want you to have fun in a safe environment and you get the shit scared out of you as well but overall have fun that's right, that's right. our goal so it's not like trying to um, psychologically break you and leave you with ptsd but more unless you want that you. unless you want that unless you want that don't you know what i mean <laughs> but and also another thing i want to point out is a lot of people like yourself planning on not taking the tours that's specifically why we offered the membership so that you're able to you know be a looky loo peruse a little bit um i think somebody's radio is on but um 
Anyways, yes, you would be able to do that, um, the membership, and kind of see what goes down without actually being involved. Yeah, something is on in the back, so I'm not really... Yeah, somebody's listening to what we're listening to talking about. <laughs> so if anybody, if you're, if you're not part of the conversation right now, if you can please uh, mute your phone, that would be great. Because it sounds like somebody's listening to the show in the background. And it's just My phone was muted. Oh, okay. Uh, muted again. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll figure it out. Figure it out, I guess. Um, so, okay. So Nick. You, you, yep. Is that your phone? No. Nah. Oh, you're not listening to the show in the background? All right. Okay. Well, so again, you know, there are people out there that are going to want the most extreme of the extreme. I mean, we, I've seen that over the years. I never really understood it. Uh, you know, why people do the things they do. But again, I've also seen the huge fan base that extreme haunts have. And so again, you guys are, you know, created a business. You guys are doing it all legally. Your, your biggest thing is safety. So you're going to make sure you're going to allow this, you know, a safe word if people want them. So you're trying to give them a good experience. So I, I get this is going to probably attract, you know, a lot of of people, which I think will be good. But something that you were saying a minute ago, and I really like this aspect. So for those that might like to watch something like that, like these kind of horror, you know, haunted uh, street haunts, for people that but don't want to go through, uh, they're actually offering a membership. And it's very inexpensive, and that will get you uh, access to these live streams of the actual tours happening in live time right yeah real time yes, you can you can even type in and have uh have your two cents if you will if we like what you said if it's not too inappropriate obviously you're gonna have some jackals out there but uh you know we'll, we'll try to accompany your uh requests so that could definitely you know put a an interesting twist on people's uh tours because if you're allowing the members to kind of interact with the show uh, I guess that could each show would end up different, so there would be no two exactly. shows in the same. Exactly, yeah. there's going to be different things. Go ahead, Nick. Well, that's actually really smart, I think, because again, uh, for people to be able to watch it and interact live, uh, that that's a that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a game changer. We'll see what happens with it. We're pretty excited. Um, you know, as we were saying, you you don't make too much money doing this haunt thing, and it's it's mostly work and a lot of just satisfaction out of doing it. But so we're we're definitely trying to pay some bills. You know what I mean? Throw that thing out there and hopefully generate some money so we can have a better haunt next year. You know what I mean? And and after that, a year after that, have a better haunt, bigger haunt, get a permanent location so that it's not gonna be. You know what I mean? So right. we're definitely excited about the future, and hopefully these memberships help out a lot. Well, how has been, you know, uh, it, it kind of been in the in the haunt industry? I mean, has Catharsis really kind of, you know, made a name for itself already? Are you getting a lot of interest in the tours? What has it been like over these last few months? It's ever since we launched the website, it's been it's been pretty steady. Um, 
all of our hardcore fans obviously came out to support us and they're mostly the ones that have booked the tours um but in general it's trickling in you know the words getting out there we're found on facebook or on google now so i'm getting more and more responses so it's building on itself every day and hopefully it being the haunted house season people will be a lot more intrigued to search for it you know what i mean right you know there's a lot of these extreme hunts popping up all over the place i didn't even realize that there were so many i mean i'm they've got groups for them now and there's just so many i, I was going to do a show on like all of the different uh extreme haunts that were opening for the season and there's just so many like it was like how do you choose you know four in a two hours you know two hour show so i'm like now i'll just yeah. stick with you guys and you know i'll just promote you yeah. guys and then how are you gonna trust right, right. <laughs> taking your lives in their hand right right i mean kind of one of the biggest issues is who you're gonna tell you in such a rough manner that you'll feel comfortable so and Hopefully, you know, all of our actors obviously have experience. Uh, he must not be named. <laughs> um, so the manner and whatnot. Has be familiar on how to deliver. Perfect, perfect. Now, um, we're getting a question from Gwen, and she said, do you guys have a business license, insurance, and or will people have to sign a waiver that they can't talk about their haunt? Good questions. All right, yeah, great question. So, yep, we got a business license, um, a bank account, so we can charge your cards legally. <laughs> um, <laughs> do all that fun stuff. Insurance, yes, we have it. It's, we're obligated to, and they're actually the ones that obligate us to have a safe word. You will be required to have your own medical insurance. You don't need to show proof of that, but if something does happen and you don't have the insurance signing, you're gonna find something that says you have medical insurance. Um, you'll be offered a non-disclosure waiver, an intake form with the questionnaire about what you're comfortable with, and a, a, just a short, like, two-page waiver on safety, liability. Um, so all of those things will be delivered to people approximately around two weeks before their show. And uh, so all that will be filled out prior to us even having contact with you. And yeah. <laughs> okay. Gina's saying, are you going to make people wear those stupid onesies? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> God damn it. No. We're trying to tell you it's going to Absolutely be Absolutely not. This is this is going to be something completely different that will not compare to Amy Manor. So and and again, I'm glad about that and I think because of that, you guys are going to be very successful in what you're doing. Because again, um, you, of course, if you, you don't have a business license and you don't have insurance and, you, you know, then you have to have people sign these waivers saying, you know, hey, just I'll beat the hell out of you. Don't worry about it. You just, just don't. Yeah, and they do your show for free. Right. Do your, do your show for free and wonder why you never made any money and you just put it all on. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad that you guys, you know, thought it all through and you took that time because I know when you were, you know, planning it kind of in the planning stage when you guys left. Uh, and so you were already, you know, had put it in process, but you really have kind of taken this time over these months to really do it the legit way. And so you're a, a legitimate haunt, you know, you're not just some backwoods, you know, uh, let's just take you and stick you in a van or take you out in the woods and beat the hell up yeah, no. type of thing. So it makes it a, a lot. We got an EIN number, you could search us 
um, you know, see if we're all good. You can check us out. It's our pleasure. All right. Um, Pam is asking, how old do you have to be to go through the haunt? The first show, you got to be 21 because it starts in a bar. Um, We were thinking about making the age down to 18, but currently that is not what we're doing. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Right now it's 21, and then once uh, we change the show up, we'll uh, maybe switch the age restrictions around. All right. And uh, John is asking, what is the cost to go through catharsis? So for uh, this first show, the uh, starting cost for a 90-minute tour will be $100. Okay. Okay, that's pretty, I mean, it seems pretty average price for some of the other ones I've, I've done some research on as well. And yeah, so definitely. if people are wanting to get a membership, so when is the first tour? It will be on uh, September 16th. Okay. And so if yeah, people this Saturday, want to, this Saturday, this Saturday, okay. So, so, so soon, so close. <laughs> feel it. So who's going to be the first contestant? We haven't even told them yet that yet. Oh. Do you want to tell them right now? Nick, do, do you want to say the first contestant? Uh, yeah, so the first contestant will be uh, Dustin Carpenter. What? Dustin's going to go through, huh? Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, Dustin congratulations, I guess, Dustin. Um, or maybe not. I mean, you may come back on the show next time and regret going through there, too. But, hey, I mean, we'll, and, we'll find and, out. And I mean, it's going to be a great show, Dustin, man. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> we haven't even told him yet. We haven't sent out all the emails. So this is, if he's listening, this is the first he's hearing about that's it. Awesome. So, that's I mean, awesome. I'll, I'll give you the whole, because I know all of those guys are listening right now. All right. So it'll be Dustin first, Justin Robles second, Christina, or I mean, uh, not Christina. Um, um, hold on. Let me check. <laughs> Crystal. It's Crystal. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, Crystal, Crystal Grop. And then it'll be uh, Pamela at the end. Wow. So. Wow. We also have. There you guys other, go. Hey, that's that's a good lineup, and, and in fact, I recognize all those names. Know a few of the people that are going to take it. So it'd be very very interesting to have you come back and and uh, talk to all of them because you know many of them have you know been through uh, the extreme haunt when you were when it was you guys were back with McKamey Manor. So it'll be you know they'll be able to. Tell people what's the you know if it's if it's the same old stuff or if there's you know something to it. So I and again yeah, and they can give us hopefully some feedback because they all have gone through kind of the ringer already. They can give us good feedback on what they've liked or what they haven't liked, so that we can you know make the show better. Absolutely. And we also have uh, one of your actresses. I would say an actress uh, that's part of Catharsis. We have Brittany on the line, so I want to welcome you to the conversation as well, Brittany. Hi, how are you? Good. So, you know, obviously you guys have done a dress rehearsal, so you kind of done a, like a dry run through. You know, what what were your what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I'm really excited. It's going to be different. It's going to be new. Um, yeah, I'm just super stoked. Awesome. Now. Can you, I mean, do you have a character that you're a part that you play in all of this? And can you, can you tell us what that character is? 
or what that role is? Um, you know, it's, we're still working on, on getting everything together. Um, we did go out and um, do a little bit of shopping for our characters yesterday. Um, so it's going to be a secret for now, but uh, still come out and you guys will get to see. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm really stoked. Perfect. So let me see. We've got about uh, 10 minutes. So if, you know, okay, well, we'll I'll start with Nick and then we'll uh, go to Andrew. Now, what do you want or, you know, what would be the, the biggest thing for these uh, fans or contestants that go through um, What would it be? Like, like what, I want them to get out of it? Right. Um, uh, well, honestly, it's Basically, just I want them to have something where after their tour, they're kind of sitting in their car and they are like thinking about what they just went through and they kind of feel accomplished and yet like at the same time kind of like shook to their core because of what they actually just experienced was so uh, brutal and extreme and traumatizing. I mean... That's where the, I came with the uh, the name catharsis from because it's something that's a, a deeply rooted emotion. Uh, it's basically something that like gets to you, gets to the very inner part of you. And so that's why I think um, we really want to try to have people feel when they leave our show is just something within inside of them that uh, just kind of like changes how they feel about things and see things is really our goal. So. Wow, I, you know, I saw you guys' promo, and, and that 30-second clip scared the hell out of me. So uh, I'm, yeah. sure, <laughs> I'm sure it will uh, definitely scare anybody who goes through it. I just, Andrew, why do you think people want to go through extreme haunts like this? Because I still haven't figured it out. I really sometimes think everybody's crazy, but unfortunately, we're all a little crazy. And I know some of the people going through it personally, and they're not crazy like most people would think they're actually very sane but they're very interested in this and i it, i don't understand really the craze but what do you think draws people to, to extreme haunts like this are you there andrew oh maybe we lost andrew you still there nick yeah i'm still here all right well i'll go ahead and he, he's he's standing right in front of me oh He's fixing it right now. Okay. <laughs> okay, you hear me? Yeah, now we can hear you. Oh, okay. Man, I, I was saying such great stuff. So I take it you guys didn't hear me cuss on the air a second ago on accident. Nope. Nope, sure did. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Good job. I was there for a reason. <laughs> I was sitting talking about that 30-second bag clip, how I loved every second of that. And when we were doing that, that was so much fun. But um, so everybody has their own reason for going through it. You know what I mean? So when I specifically went through the haunted experience, I'm more of an adrenaline junkie, kind of like want to see, see I'm better than everybody, you know, test my limits against the next foe. And that's kind of what drove me. There's a lot of other people, you know, they, they maybe uh, um, ha have stuff they want to get over in their past. Maybe they were abused or they have something that happened with water and they want to encounter that experience and kind of work themselves through it. There's other people that are BDSM. There's other, you know what I mean? There's just a right. long list of 
reasons that people go through it. And I'm not one to judge. I just am here to provide. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bridget's in chat and she said she wants to go through. So if, if that's a good thing. If somebody wants to go through, uh, obviously you've got a lineup already set up. You just announced live on the show. But if people are interested and they want to sign up to go through, how do they need to, to facilitate that? So all they have to do is just visit catharsishorror.com and we'll have uh, uh, basically a contact us page where they'll uh, put in their information, uh, send us a brief message and it'll go right to our email. And from there, we'll be in contact with that person and we'll schedule their date. We still do have opening slots for September 16th. So if anybody wants to get in for that first show, yeah, for, yeah six, so we, we'll have like one or two more slots for the 16th still open. Okay. Um, and then uh, from there on out, it's, uh, um, it's going to be every other uh, Saturday. Okay. So, Dawn is asking, but yeah, if they, are you going to be able, again? are you going to have to go in alone or can you go through with somebody else? You have to go in by yourself. Oh. Man, I'd rather go in with somebody else I could throw them under the bus, but that probably wouldn't work but out. Like, so I said, you, like the best hope you might get for that is maybe being staggered with somebody slightly and catching a glimpse of them or hearing them scream in the next room or something very terrible. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> we'll make it, it'll be a terrible interaction between you two whenever you meet, so you better just hope you don't meet anybody else. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, I'm, I see you're only just more implanting the, the fear in my brain to never go there and, you know, uh, and check. Oh, well, I'm not ever checking it out. But again, you know, this oh, you is, could personalize your tour. You could be like, don't touch me, please. Whatever. Then, you guys would kick me out <laughs> if I said that. You'd be like, no, go to an old haunted house that's, you know, a little boom on. That's what you need. I'm going to just say, just say the safe word. Just say the safe I word. Say the safe word before I even got there. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'd be outside, be saying the safe word. Oh, I'd be videotaping it. I said the safe word. Please don't take. I, I was so freaked out when I went to San Diego to see Crystal that last time that I swore somebody was gonna come kidnap me. <laughs> so like, look, you you have to oh, ask yeah. Crystal. I was literally every time I saw a van. Every time I, you know, uh, turn around, I was looking around and stuff. I almost brought security with me. It, it, so, yeah, no, I don't think I don't think the stars is for me, but I'm sure <laughs> that there are plenty of people out there that it is for. And again, I would encourage everybody to check out the site. And even if it's not for you and you just might like to you got an interest or it might have piqued your interest tonight, you know, check it out. You can get a membership. How much are the memberships? Can you tell people? So. The first membership is uh, the one where you're just going to be able to view and interact with the guests, the live show. That one's, I believe, $7.99. And then Correct. our next tier membership is um, one where you'll be sent a T-shirt and, like, kind of a memento from one of the shows um, once a month. And that one will be $24.99. All right. All right. Well, like I said, everybody, so, get out there and check out Catharsis. Uh you're interested, you know, get a subscription or sign up to go through. And hey, if you do, let me know because I definitely want to hear about it afterwards. <laughs> and uh, guys, I'd like to definitely uh, have you back, invite you to guys come back when you have a few of the contestants that have gone through so we can come back and they can give their own reviews of, you know, how great it is or how extremely. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to be back. Thanks for having us.
Oh, you're very, very welcome. And uh, before we end, we've got just a couple minutes left. Uh, Vanessa, again, I want to thank you. I know that you knew nothing about Extreme Haunts before we started this, and I was trying to give her like a quick rundown, and she was like, oh my gosh, like I've never heard of such a thing. So she's probably been an interesting <laughs> last 40 minutes. It was pretty Why funny. Would they do that? <laughs> hey, it was, it was pretty funny. I have been asking that for as long as I've been covering it, the Extreme Haunt thing. I, I don't get it. I probably will never get it but you know hey to each their own i you know i've learned over all these years of covering the extreme hunt <laughs> industry that everybody has their own reasons for wanting to do it and so who am mm -hmm. i to say they're right or wrong now may they regret that decision after the fact most of them do yeah most <laughs> of them do as we know but hey if you want to you know still do it more power to you and i'm behind you i just won't be that one so, Vanessa, again, thank you as well for joining me in the first hour. And, you know, you're a great friend. I love you. And you always have an open-door policy anytime that you want to get here. How should people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you for a reading, if they want to check out your book or find out about your events, et cetera? Um, actually, probably the, the easiest way is through Facebook, um, either my personal page or my author page, um, Vanessa Hogle can't get any more vanilla than me it's just my name um the new book walking with ghosts comes out september 26th um highly recommend it and um i have all my reading um information on my personal page as well so it's right there in the banner um they can check that out and i book up really because i have a full-time job too so they just got it they got to get to me in a hurry <laughs> and then we can figure out a time Perfect. Hey guys, I have one more question for you, and I think this is important. People are wanting to know if they go to your haunt, are they going to get their heads and their eyebrows shaved off? No, not <laughs> wait, no. Wait, I no, will no, not. No, no. I will not be conflict. doing that. We are in conflict. We're in uh -oh. conflict. Hey, I'm gonna put it on the waiver. I'm putting it, it on the piece of paper, whether yet. Nick likes it or not. <laughs> Oh no, my God. Well, I will not be not. doing it. I will not be cutting anybody's hair. I won't do that anymore. I've, I've traumatized way too many people doing that. It's, it's crazy how traumatized people get over their hair, isn't it? It's wonderful. Get over it. It's okay. All right, guys. Well, we got to go. We're at the end of the show. Thanks so much. We'll have everybody back on soon. Uh, so everybody have a great night. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Paranormal Connections Radio Show on the UPRN Talk Radio Network, 107.7 out of New Orleans. Have a great week, and I'll see you on Thursday for Top Secret News. Good night, everyone.